Hey everybody, how you doing today? This is Logan Hughes, and I want to welcome you to another episode of the Get a Job Podcast. Our next guest has been someone that I've been following for some time now because his business is one of the best within the design community. And being a fellow graphic designer, what he has been able to achieve not only uh, personally, but uh, from his business is incredible to see. Uh, so I this is a great conversation about entrepreneurship, his journey, and I hope you guys get a lot of value here. So I want to welcome the incredible Russ Perry, the CEO of Design Pickle on the show. Russ Pickle, founder and CEO of Design Pickle, is a seasoned creative leader, entrepreneur, author, and thought leader. As a former agency owner, Perry intimately understands the challenges associated with all aspects of creative work and has transformed the creative process through Design Pickle. Perry's vision was simple, to untangle the typical creative mess with a seamless all-in-one creative platform that is powered by a built-in global workforce. Under his uniquely unconventional leadership, Design Pickle has grown from two creative team members to over 600, completing more than 1.25 million creative requests since its, its uh, 2015 inception, consistently ranking on um, Inc.'s 5,000 fastest growing companies. Design Pickle's success has been driven by guiding principles that have reimagined the intersection of creative services, technology, customer service, and innovation. If you haven't heard of Design Pickle, you're an agency owner, business owner, you should absolutely check them out. They have some very affordable packages, and not only that, they do some tremendous work. A graduate of Arizona State University, Perry earned an industrial design degree in 2006, which he talks about in our chat. He resides in Scottsdale, Arizona with his wife and uh, their three daughters, which we also get into family quite a bit too. So uh, I really hope you guys get some value with this. Uh, so without further ado, I want to welcome the one and only Russ Perry to the show. You, you are now listening to Get a Get a Get a Job Podcast. podcast. Your host, Logan, Logan Hughes. Tune in. My learn side. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Get a Job podcast. I am here with the CEO of Design Pickle, Mr. Russ Perry. Excellent. How are you doing Thanks today, my friend? Thanks for having me. I love the name of the podcast, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's funny. It's like, you know, living in New England, it's, you know, you kind of, you know, if you step foot in the entrepreneurship game, like, you know, I always kind of have it in my head of like a really thick Boston accent yeah. being like, why don't you just get a You're job? A teamster? Come you know, on, let's get a go. Job, like... you know? so, yeah. <laughs> exactly. yeah, exactly, man. So, you know, thank you for hopping on here and spending some time and, um, you know, talking about your story. Uh, Design Pickle is something that I've, I follow now for, for a while and it's just really great to have you on. And I wanted to start with really 
the backstory of of your journey, right? Because you know we we all have interesting tidbits that happen in our life that kind of navigated us into what we are doing now. So I would I would love to start from there and and kind of talk about how you got started in this whole sort of uh, yeah. Well, journey. I mean, just going back before, way before, I think I was always I mean I was raised without any entrepreneurs in my life, so I. Didn't even know that like you could have your own business really. Like I, my mom was a teacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, She just retired after like 35 years, just a year or two ago. My dad worked for um, Pepsi as like a warehouse Pepsi manager. I mean, summers with him were fun, but brutal because I was like on a truck loading cases of soda. I was the free labor Uh for him to get things done faster. And growing up, it was always the, you know, just like your, your, your name of your podcast, get a job, go down this path. This is where it was going to be. I was super fortunate to be exposed to computers and technology at a young age. Uh, the, the nice thing about my mom being a teacher is every summer she got to take home, like whatever the new computers were at her school. And so I always had like a, a Mac and was into, into all of the hacker things you can get into. (laughs) And as a young age. And um, ended up going to Arizona State University and um, had just some two really profound experiences that I think put put me on this trajectory today. The first was uh, a degree I hated, and that was me studying computer science, uh, computer mm-hmm. engineering. Um, no knock to anyone in that space. I have a lot of those guys who work for me and gals. Uh, and it was it was an extraordinarily hard freshman year in that world. And I was like so depressed, so not liking it. I had loved, I thought, you know, I like computers, might as well learn software, might as well learn code, but it was not what it was meant for Mm me. And I always joke that it was like learning another language, but if you misspelled one word, the entire sentence made no sense. Like no one understand anything you were saying. So I had a come to come to Jesus moment actually at a Pollo Pollo Loco in Chandler, Arizona. I was with my mom and I was so (laughs) sad and bummed and we were sitting there and there were some Intel engineers sitting across from us. And I actually don't tell this story very often, but this was a really important story. Uh, and I just, we could overhear how miserable they were. And they were just complaining. They were on their lunch break. Oh. They just hated it. And I was just like, mom, I have to tell you something. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to do this. This is probably, you know, halfway through my freshman year. She's like, go do, okay, I don't care. Like, go do whatever. Like, you got to go do your thing. So that was such a weight, and I ended up getting studying design at that point, uh, industrial design, and that was a really exciting, like kind of journey for me because I could be creative, I can problem solve, a um, little less math and science, like a little less pr- pressure on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think the for next sure, piece yeah. for me, which which was kind of a couple experiences rolled into one, both in and out of college, was. I worked for Apple and that was a really, really powerful job. Uh, in, in college, I was the representative and this shows my age. I was working for Apple when they launched the iPod. So the very first iPod, oh, the wow. big white brick <laughs> with the moving wheel and everything. I still have it. It's super cool. It's like a relic. I got, I, I don't have a firewire yeah. cable anymore, so I don't know how to charge it or turn it on, but right. but that was an amazing experience <laughs> because I was just in like the heart of the marketing engine you know steve jobs had returned he launched the colored imax like this was like Mm. just the the go time for for that so i got to really see what marketing looked like and what it looked like at the best of the best so fast forward my senior year uh i find out that i'm gonna have a daughter which was which was an exciting unexpected time and that was a life-changing trajectory altercation where i just like i thought i was going one way i thought i was going to go work and travel and do this and then now it's like yo, you're going to be a dad. 
So um, got a job here mm -hmm. locally and bounced around again from job to job, went back to Apple after college, had another extraordinary experience working in the retail store, the only one in Arizona at the time. And then I launched the iPhone when I was working at the retail store. So it was like, couldn't oh, wow. ask for bigger pro product experiences and launches. And, um, sure. but at the end of the day, I was just like really struggling with this whole time off request concept. I was, you know, was never uh, married to my mother's daughter. So we had a really good schedule and a really great agreement on being able to see her, but it was always balancing that with my work and my schedule and my shifts and all of this. So mm -hmm. I was like, you know, I I would like to do my own thing. I and I read a book and er, mm -hmm. Richard Branson's first entrepreneurial book. He's he's written two or three now, but the first one he wrote, I read that book and I was like, I can do this. I, I this is me. I am this Richard Branson. Yeah. Like I could make this happen. Um, and so I launched my little design agency way way back in the day. I think I was still mm -hmm. working for Apple at the time, kind of as a side hustle. And then it just got to a point where I knew that I had the confidence that I could do it. And for me, it was about, you know, this was the kind of cosmic joke as, as anyone who hasn't started a business will realize, or if you have, you actually don't get much time back. <laughs> like you starting a business kind of, kind of the opposite right. effect, <laughs> yeah. like you're always working. Um, but, but you are right. in control of that and you do have a lot of time flexibility. Mm -hmm. And so um, launched my first creative studio. It was kind of a shit show, didn't do too great. Um, but, but made enough, was able to, you know, start a family, get going down that path and then mm -hmm. got into sort of the second iteration of that, which was actually a partner in Argentina who I had met and we had Hello. agreed about this crazy concept of using designers, not at America. And I just was like, so naive mm -hmm. at the time. I was like, what? There are people who are creative that aren't right. in America. Yeah, outside of the U.S. Of the US. Yeah. And um, but it was a great it was a great experience. I'm still friends with with my partners uh, that down there today. Unfortunately, I was still not very great, great at business. And so they did great on the design. Mm -hmm. We had um, really great margins, like really great talent that we were working with out of Buenos Aires. But the business management side on my end with the clients, the timelines, the projects, the deadlines, the scope, all of that, sure. it was just, it was a lot. And I wasn't really mature as an entrepreneur. Yeah. I barely knew what a P&L was. Like, it was just really rough. So, um, <laughs> so when I closed that business, I knew that it was like, look, I got almost 10 years in design. I don't want to go down a different path entrepreneurially. I'm unemployable because I haven't had a job in forever. Uh, no one's going to hire me. I don't want to be hired mm -hmm. and just ended up consulting and found a um, nice little lane with small design projects that I ended up setting up to be on like a self-serve system that a couple contractors managed would deliver designs to me. I would review them. Um, I was super busy consulting in office. So it was a, it was a nice thing for me because that some work could get done when I was busy with other clients. And then one day that thing just took on a life mm. of its own. My my project manager at the time sent a project right to a client without me reviewing it. I was super stressed at first. I was like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? I get to see everything. And he's like, he was like, Russ, it was a business card. <laughs> yeah, like, you don't need to see this. Like I'm 100% yeah. sure we did okay on this. And literally it was a business card for a trade show yeah. in Las Vegas. Uh, and then the and the client was uh, happy. Not... <laughs> and I, it, I wasn't involved at yeah. all. And I was like, 
man, you know, design's mm. kind of a hassle. Like you either got to hire people full time. You got to go to the marketplaces. Mm -hmm. It's super inconsistent on the marketplaces. As a as someone who's selling design, mm -hmm. it's really hard to find you know re reliable talent. I wonder if I could just create like a, a software type model where it's a flat rate. You get you know exactly what you're gonna get every day. Mm -hmm. If you need more, you can pay more. But it's like, but it's it's manageable, right? It's not a huge. You're not hiring a full mm -hmm. full time graphic designer and have the stress of keeping them busy every day. Um, and so sure. 2014, I started piling in, piloting Design Pickle kind of as the the model that it is today. And yeah, January, I mean, it's been forever now. It's only, you know, it will be nine year anniversary next next January. Um, we launched, it Amazing. was, is and still is the same model. It's like one flat rate subscription model. Mm -hmm. You get a couple hours a day of a graphic designer's time. Um, you don't have mm -hmm. to worry about revisions or hours or scope creep or any of the stuff that you normally would. And um and now we're sure. pretty big we got a lot a lot of folks a lot of clients where we got whole platform software ai technology like it's crazy where it's mm -hmm. come from but really <laughs> at the core it was about like how can i build this business that that's remote you know this was you know pre-covid way before covid mm -hmm. i wanted to travel how sure. could it be something that impacts lives so our creatives we we work really hard to provide a really steady income for them um, and a good and a good lifestyle for them wherever they live in the world. And it's fun, man. Like we have a pickle as our brand. Like it's like we 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 do silly stuff. <laughs> we have a good time. So I couldn't ask for, for more. It really it really was. I really was luxurious because when I started design pickles, my third business and I was like, I was able to literally like it was like online dating or something. I could pick exactly what I wanted. And then I just went for it inside of that. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's a, that's amazing, man. I appreciate it. And there's a lot of similarities with, uh, you know, my story as well. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that I can relate to what, so were you, were you, did you know at a, at a young age that you were more geared towards like creative things? Cause it, 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 it seems like when you're going through college, it, you, you know, obviously the computer science and stuff like that, you know, I guess that, that is a form of uh, creativity, right. But moving that towards, you know, actual graphic design type of elements. What was that transition? Were you always a creative at heart or is did you just have so a love for it? So kind of all the point? above. I will say I, I loved art. Mm. Art for me was like my meditative getaway from everything. I was, I was heavy in math, heavy in science, loved nice. those classes, took a ton of them. And then I would have my like art studio class. And it, remember it was, I grew up in Tucson, Arizona mm. and the art studio was like connected to the theater. And it was just this like quiet, mm -hmm. calm, sanctuary that I could go to. And I wasn't, I didn't ever think I was gonna pursue an art degree nice. or do anything. I wasn't that great actually, you know, I just enjoyed it. You know, I liked being expressing myself. Mm -hmm. But for me, the thing that I always look back and and, and it was kind of like the, the hints of entrepreneurship and the hints of where I was going was that I, I, um, I didn't like to follow the rules. <laughs> and sometimes I got in a lot of trouble because of it. Right. Uh, but that was like, like for me, I was always pressing, like always trying to solve problems, always do things better. Even when I was at Apple, the second round, when I was working the retail store, I built like a new scheduling tool for them in, 
in numbers. Like I, oh, I wow. use macros and scripts because they were scheduling process. Even for Apple, it was like this like terrible way they were they were managing it all. So I always mm. enjoyed that. And as I matured, I was like, look, there's probably better ways to solve problems than to like defy authority. So, um, so, sure. <laughs> so that's when I started to you know get, realize, oh, that's what business is. It's like solving problems differently, mm. better, more affordable. And then the creative piece, I think, it was just like always ingrained in how I was raised. You know, my mother always took us to to museums, to performances, to theater. Mm. Um, so that was like an appreciation for it. But my natural skill set wasn't artistic. In fact, in college, I only took one graphic design class. Everything else I did in industrial design yeah. was modeling, was studio, was 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 theory. But that one little design class, which was like I bet my whole <laughs> career on after after college, made a big impact. Yeah. Um, but even when yeah. I launched my studios and I was the designer, I was like, I am not very great. I need to find some people who are better because I wasn't able to put in the time and the right. effort to get to where I knew my clients needed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's amazing, man. Um acknowledging what you're good at and what you're not good at is, is, is a skill that I wish I, I kind of learned earlier on in, in this whole thing, right? Because, you know, I think as a, when, you, when you're starting this whole business ownership deal, mm -hmm. you wear a lot of hats and you try to fulfill everything at one, uh, you know, everything that you possibly can do. So knowing, really understanding quickly what you good at and what you actually like to do first and foremost is a, I think a skill that kind yeah, of and goes it's tricky under the radar. Because I think yeah. there's two pools, there's two camps. One is follow your passion, follow your heart, do what you love. And the other camp's like, that sounds nice, but you're gonna be broke and not have a great existence, you know, unless what you love is AI yeah. engineering or whatever the hot thing is. Um, I think mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is, is finding the happy medium between both. It's saying like, look, I am going mm. to do something that I love and I believe I can make a big impact in the world and create a lot of value. And really how how strong that belief is often determines success. Is do I believe in myself and my mm. value? And is is that true? Is that belief true inside of what I'm doing? Because of course you can believe selling, um, you know, like Crocs that are made out of hemp, like is the best thing ever. You're gonna save the planet, but if no one buys them, obviously you're never really gonna make much of an impact. So. There's a balance. And I think today, you know, yeah. I'm like knocking at the door of a daughter who's going to college. I think for me, my frame of mind is like, she's not gonna learn her career in college. She's gonna learn what she loves. She's mm -hmm. gonna create a life and, and grow right. as a person and find the things that then hopefully she can, can channel into what she does after college for professionally. Sure. Yeah. No, it's interesting. That's that's something that I, I heard. I, I have heard quite a bit when talking with other entrepreneurs. Is is that balancing act of having an an idea about something, running it by people, making it sure that you know it's a good idea and it can fit within the market, and then executing it as well. So with with Design Pickle in, in that sense, um, it seemed like this was uh, you mentioned like it was like you know three years of basic basically trying to figure out this this whole entity and organization. But when was the really, when was the point where you were like, this is, this is something that can actually work. Um, Cause that, again, there's, there's that balance between having a good idea, being passionate about it, and then sort of going and executing. Uh, execute yeah. It, bring I mean, it, bring look, here's the thing. I, 
I don't believe the best businesses are created by people just brainstorming in a room and coming up with random things. In fact, I've had some friends and some, mm -hmm. some people in my life who are that type of entrepreneur and they're never successful. They always just flip to the next thing and their thing doesn't mm -hmm. work. And they're just like, what about this opportunity? What about this? I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. And of course, you know, we all had like the <laughs> NFT friend and like, where are they now? Right? Like, like, so, yeah, exactly. um, yeah. so, but for me, the best yeah. businesses are created because you were working in some place and you were doing something for a long time. And it, and there was one part of that that sucked and you're like, you know what? I can do mm -hmm. that thing is what I'm going to do better. I'll give you a great example. I have, I, have a, mm. I have a really good friend. His name is Jace Young. Jace grew up in, as a farmer and I can't wait to share this episode. I'm going to totally plug mm -hmm. Jace right now. Uh, now I'm going to plug design, <laughs> but I'm going to plug Jace. So all the farmers out there listening, it's time to, time yeah. to pay attention. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Jace, I knew good. him through his men's, men's personal development program. Dude wandered for a while. He was a banker and then tried to get into life insurance mm. and coaching and all this stuff. But what he realized mm. when he was a banker was that farmers are terrible at their numbers and terrible at their books. And as he was mm. trying to give them loans, which they'd live and die on in the farming cycle of life, you get a big, you get like sure. a line of credit. I don't know if exactly it's called that. You, you, you buy all your stuff. You, you know, have your harvest. <laughs> I don't know the terms. So again, sorry to farmers. I'm like cringing right yeah. now. You get your bounty and then uh, and then you you know you you pay back your loan and you make your profits. But like to issue these loans, they have to work with very specialized banks that understand the farmers that literally know them personally because the farmers don't have books. They don't have like 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 QuickBook right. accountant software. So Jace, yeah. after all this time I've known him over the last few years, has finally made a really simplified platform for farmers to do their accounting and to run their books. And it's and it's a little hmm. more complex than just P&L and inventory with how things sit. And, and it's also super simple for them. And then, oh, guess sure. what? Jace also has a service, mm -hmm. a monthly subscription service where you can get the accountants to do all this for you. So, and he's now he's killing it. Wow. So the reason that he is able mm -hmm. to do is doing so, so successful is because of what I said is, is he was in and he was on the banking side. So he understood the pain there. He grew up on farming and saw how hard that was. And like his family had farms <laughs> and he decided to solve that. You really nuanced niche problem inside of that. So I think for entrepreneurs like and, and anyone starting and going, don't just throw spaghetti at the wall and try to ride a trend or a wave. And this is why working, actually getting out there, getting a job, getting a shitty mm -hmm. job you don't like or whatever in a space, getting a degree, using that degree, whatever, is actually the best way to become an entrepreneur because that's when you get the exposure to all of the things that aren't going well. And you can then see mm -hmm. where you land and what you want to solve. And for me, at first it was like, Hey, I know marketing, I know branding design, I worked for Apple, and then actually a couple other jobs I didn't mention is I was working in, inside of marketing agencies. And I was like, these are, these are nuts, these mm -hmm. are bloated, I don't like these, I'm gonna do this better. And I kinda did okay, and I solved a few yeah. problems, and we did fine. But then at, inside of that experience, was then the experience to then say, oh, well, look, inside of design, there's actually this even more specific problem that I would have never known, I would have never mm. found, I would have never thought of, which is like, how can we make design fast, affordable, and predictable in terms of how you get it and how much it costs? And that was like, for me, something that you, was always a huge hassle, but I would have never known that had I not been working in this other space. So that that's, and that's yeah. like what most people don't realize is like the best, you think of any business out there, it's because the person was like experiencing the pain and the tension 
in some other thing and then was like, you know what? Let's do let's do this differently. I want to do this differently. Man, that I, I love that so much because you, I don't think like in a, in a climate of just everyone on social media, you don't hear that. It's a lot of these sort of you know stories of younger kids hopping in, making tons of money, doing one thing. Right. But like the focusing in on like getting out there, getting jobs, finding out what you're good and not good at. Right. Is is. Yeah, it makes so much sense. I mean, it, it is really the same path that, you know, I, I personally take because same thing, you know, I never grew up thinking I was going to be an art. none of my parents are I was strictly go to school, get a job at the school. And that's like your career, right. But I was sort of that wanderer too, bounce around with so many different jobs and just always know that I was very creative. So how can I, you know, put something that I'm passionate about uh, in my creative creativity and as well as you know uh make uh, make right. some money and, and be of service to others it's just yeah and i think you know, social media has important. jacked everyone up because yeah. truthfully most of the people making money on businesses right. social media are kind of these ponzi scheme guys that are selling plans on how you can make money selling courses selling ideas selling right. this and it's like their only skill set is 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 not actually running a real business it's running a business to sell you on the ideas and sell you on the vision so it's mm. like i think there's a whole generation that's like look if i just if i just like join this group or buy this course or go to this workshop i'm somehow going to come mm. up with this magical idea and it's like no man just get into it like like just go go get a job go work go do something you can do it for three months you can do it for one month yeah. and then you're going to get such fast exposure mm -hmm. to someone who's already built something and invested and you're like oh now i want to do it this way or now this is something that's not being solved inside of this bigger space mm. and the niches are where the big money's made is to go down a path and to find a solution mm. and find something that's like really nuanced because your marketing's cheaper your your problem solving like right. system can be very refined and focused and repeatable um and and it allows you mm -hmm. to achieve success faster versus just some big market big solution yeah yeah, man, that's that's wonderful. Did you did you end up having any mentors mm -hmm. as you were kind of going through this when you when you were kind of going through this entrepreneur journey that put you in the right direction or yeah. gave you some? So some this good was insights? like a huge thing for me. I have um, before I launched Design Pickle, I discovered that like coaching, mentorship and peer accountability is huge for me, for my success. I'll be honest, like if I didn't have coaching and uh, payrolls to make, I just like won't play video games all day long. Like I've, I've Diablo four downloaded. I haven't <laughs> touched the thing. I'm so excited one day to play it. Um, yep. But, but so this yep. keeps me a little more productive. <laughs> but the reason is, is like, like, like these groups and I'll come back to like how to find one or what, what to choose. They've always pushed me and held me more accountable mm. than I would just by myself. Cause often especially when you launch your own thing, sure. you're just kind of alone, right? Like you're just on your own. You're like, I'm going to do this. If you do it, great. If you don't, whatever. Um, so peer accountability groups yep. have been great. One-on-one -on -one coaching has been great. Um, personal development, professional development, health coaching. I've done it all. And it's just for me to shorten time to get mm -hmm. more results. So could I, you know, mm -hmm. get to where I was at today without any of this? Maybe, but it would probably take me 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, you know, like I've gotten where I'm at today sure. in less than 10 because of a high level of investment that keeps me accountable for saying, telling people what I'm going to do and then doing it. And that's really, really, really important. Now, the critical piece here is I've always told anyone who's looking at coaching, mentorship or whatever, 
only work with people who've actually done what it is you're wanting to do. So if you're hiring the 26 year old business coach off TikTok, that's not gonna be <laughs> ideal in terms of how do I create what I'm doing if right. all they've done is go to some seminar and they're really, really good at social media marketing. Um, so that's the right. thing is like, and I will outgrow coaches from time to time pretty quickly because I'll come in, I'll have some level that something I'm trying to accomplish or solve personally, professionally. And by the way, I include therapists in here, counselors, mm -hmm. you name it, like psychologists, I've done it all. But sure. then I accomplished that or like with one of my early business coaches, my businesses grows past what they're doing. And then we have a great mm -hmm. retirement party. I say, thank you. And I move on and I find someone else. So, you know, you're <laughs> never going to ideally be with the same person forever unless maybe your coach is like Elon Musk and he's obviously pretty far ahead of all of us. And right. <laughs> so, right. so, yeah, so I think right. it's, it's critical and, and they're, and, and they're not, emotionally tied to anything they shouldn't be emotionally tied to anything that prevents them from just giving it to you straight and telling you what's honest and holding you accountable like my coach now yeah. her name's melody she is so relentless like i got like three emails i'm ignoring her right now because she's like blowing me up about all the stuff <laughs> i said i was going to do by yesterday and i didn't do it by the way i got yeah. I'm, I'm i'm late i'm working on it today mm. um and i love it and i you know it's what i bear for <laughs> yeah yeah, it's I'm do same same exact way. Like you know, if, if someone holds me accountable, I'll do it. Otherwise, you know, if you leave it up to me, yeah. you know, the PS4 turns on and you know, playing video games for for a, a little bit. What is like a, a one good because mentorship comes up quite a bit. Uh, talk to a lot of younger kids and you know, thinking about doing different things. And I always bring up mentorship and, and how important it is. But in terms of finding the right person. Um, what is some of the tips that you have have as you, you had so many coaches and mentors in your life? What is what is like something that could help them okay. out find that right person? I obviously you mentioned, you know, 26 year old online, blah, 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 what not probably a great fit. But in terms of yeah. um, something so they should look out for. First and foremost, their what entire life picture is further down the further down the timeline of, of what you want. So if they're like married entrepreneur with kids they have three kids and you're like i've got one but i got three and they're living a lifestyle and the money and the things mm -hmm. that, that you can kind of understand and see and they've had the business success that you're you're going for green light but not too far so you don't want mm -hmm. the person who's like in their 70s mm -hmm. and been out of the game and now is just kind of like a you know like a wise magic eight ball giving you information like you want someone further down the path but not too mm -hmm. far down the path and look i don't know if there's a right formula but i like five right. to ten years so they're about five to 10 years older. They're about mm -hmm. five to 10 years further. They they still are in the game. They still have the right mindset. Mm -hmm. They're still hungry. They're still pushing. Cause then, then it's really applicable for you. So that's like number one. Um, sure. The other thing is, is they compel you to take action. So what you don't want to get yourself in, I, mm -hmm. I apologize for the crude analogy, is a mentorship masturbation cycle where all you're doing is getting mentorship <laughs> and all you're doing is just, right you know getting excited about it and we'll we'll leave it at that in the analogy you don't actually do anything right so a great right. mentor is not just going right. to dump on you and give you info <laughs> they're actually going to hold you accountable to doing things so if you're not feeling pressure mm. if you're not feeling and by the way there's two ways there they how much you pay often really determines this because if you're signing up for a 199 mastermind mm. monthly call course you're like whatever dude like right. i'm like i'm not gonna make that call yeah. but if it's right a $30,000 90 right. day challenge program. Well, you better 
be you're in you're like i don't even care how good this coach is i'm gonna get my money's worth so you know it's like (laughs) do are they on the path do you find yourself really compelled to action and you know and the system and whatever they're doing is is right for you inside of your 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 style Mm. right like i love in person i love Mm -hmm. for five six seven years i was doing quarterly in-person masterminds I was there, I was, and now I have a, you know, a group of guys I meet with monthly virtually. We do quarterly events on our own. Um, I have a business coach. I mm-hmm. uh, had a spiritual coach for a while. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm investing in a lot, but it's always like, because I know I'm taking action. I know I'm changing, I know I'm growing. So th- and that's tough mm-hmm. to find that perfect fit. But I would say sure. a lot of, a lot of, there's a lot out there right now. Um, and like, don't be ashamed to just start with the, like the super cheesy commercials, like go to Tony Robbins, like go to, like, those are great. I've sure. seen him speak. I've been to a, a small event mm-hmm. he was at. Like if you've never, if you've never oh, done sure. anything, just start. My first business coach ever actually, right. what I found, she was a speaker at another event. My friend was having in this event. I was in the state of transition and she's like, Hey Russ, just come to my event. It's a, it's entrepreneurs. It's cool. It's at this cool resort in, in, in Scottsdale. I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I show up and it's a women's business conference. She didn't tell me this. I don't know if she's <laughs> forgot or she's punking me. So it's like me and her husband and her husband's the AV guy, but I loved it. I loved it. And one of yeah. the speakers was this woman named Dina Patton. Um, still keep in touch with her. Send a lot of young entrepreneurs her way, especially female entrepreneurs. And, and I loved her and I hired her Mm. like a week later. And so like, I just exposed myself into these environments. And then I found someone who I really resonated with. It's like dating, you know, you got to like them. You got to be into them. You got to respect them. You got to listen to them. You got to be willing to be vulnerable and open. And if you, if you're not there, like then no Mm -hmm. amount of coaching or mentorship will help you. Um, But then at that point, you know, you, you evolve and you grow and you like, is this still the right person for me? And you move on. Um, but it's just getting out there, right? And it's it's asking around. Like people who have yeah. recommendations, like I would highly recommend, you know, three or four coaches. Um, if you got anyone listening want to hit me up on LinkedIn and send me a note, get some recommendations, tell me where you're at. That's the best way to get a hold of me. I would love to share. And it's gonna be what may be right for me and it may not yeah. be right for other folks. So it's really, really, really personalized at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I think the 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 exposure aspect of, you know, it seems like this is something that, you know, um, you've, you've talked about quite a bit so far as just kind of getting out there, taking action, experiencing different things and, you know, kind of following, uh, I get, uh, mm-hmm. I guess, a little bit of that gut instinct, you know, because obviously more exposure to different scenarios and being open to opportunities is going to lead you in, you know, better directions yeah. uh, and so forth. The universe. And how are you going to grow sense. down a yeah. path? without having the clear knowledge of what exactly is you need. Like, it's like, you know, if I'm in computer engineering class again, I don't know the questions. I don't know what I don't know. I don't know what I need to be successful, but unless I just sign up and show up, Mm -hmm. then I'm never going to know. And so I think like people are looking for, well, how do I know it's the right person? Or how do I know this? It's like, no, just get, get exposure. Like you said, whether it's professionally, personally groups mentorship all of this i mean any any entrepreneur pitching me idea one of the first questions i ask them is like who are you hanging out with what groups are you in because if they're just like well Mm -hmm. you know i got my mba and i have this business plan and i'm doing this and i'm you know thinking about this i'm like you're never Mm -hmm. gonna make it 
But if they're like, I'm in a co-working space every day, <laughs> I'm going to these events, I'm going yep. to this like entrepreneur, inspirational speaker thing. They're like, Russ, if you're this guy, Gary V, I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. bro, I've known them for longer than you've probably been a, an adult. <laughs> like, 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 you know, it's like, right, it's great. Yeah. And that's that to me, when they're, when they're immersing, immersing themselves in it, then that's when I'm like, okay, they're mm -hmm. on the right track. And more than likely, whatever they're working on now is going to yeah. change 30 times, but they're iterating and they're learning and they're challenging themselves and they're pushing it out there. So you just can't, you just can't build in this vacuum mm -hmm. of knowledge. Yeah, no, that, that's, that's, that's really great. And you see that so much nowadays of being in your own sort of social or political bubbles and not being able to, to get out from, from around that to experience mm -hmm. what other things are happening. Right. And, uh, no, I, I love that. Shifting gears a little bit, just, I guess, a little bit more towards uh, Design Pickle. I, I'm, I'm interested in terms of the issues that you saw with agencies or business owners needing your services yeah. from a design standpoint. Um, you know, because, you know, being in the marketing field myself, a lot of business owners understand the importance of having a, a good brand and the use of social media. But from your standpoint, what have you seen over the years that agencies or business owners are, are really needing well, that's in, in a, that? That's facet? a very cool question. And I think I'll, I'll start with that marketing design and really the commodity of service of talent and labor to get what it is you need done for your clients or what you're selling kind of the pain in the butt has always been that it's very unregulated. It's very unregulated. So if I was mm. one day to say, you know what, this design pickle thing, not for me, I'm going to go become an HVAC guy. Uh, I'm going to go get trained. I'm going to go to HVAC <laughs> school and do that. Very clear in terms of pricing, very clear. Like I can know what my hourly rate mm. roughly should be. Do I want to be high end? Do I want to be on the low end? Like here's my labor, here's my parts. Mm -hmm. But in, in services, it, it's, it's this like fluid unknown black box. You're like, dude, I got the best intern in, out of school and I'm paying him 12 bucks an hour. And, or it's like, I have the seasoned guy who sucks and he's making 180 and I, and, and like, I can't get rid of him. <laughs> so, so I think for mm. anyone buying or selling services, and I'll just talk to creativity, but I think it's applicable in a lot of other areas. Sure. One of the biggest challenges is the predictability of the cost and that quality structure. So you can't really build a really great business. Let's say you're selling design or you're buying design. How in the world are you going to manage your expenses if if that is very it's super volatile? Um, and then the only mm -hmm. way to make it not volatile is to is to incur a, a fair amount of fixed costs by hiring employees or even more fixed costs by hiring agencies. So like like and now at a certain sure. scale and a size, we are actually not a great fit exclusively like at a certain like i'd say more than mm -hmm. half of our clients have full-time designers and they and 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 a, seg a segment of them mm -hmm. actually have really big creative teams so we actually become an augmentation to what wow. they're doing and we're able to output comps we're able to take care of production work we're we're everyday output really quick really dependable but when you're younger or smaller as an mm -hmm. entrepreneur you know you don't really I wouldn't recommend dropping 80K on a full-time graphic designer if you only need them four or five hours a week. But then you're like, okay, well, where do I go right. to get the predictability and the nature? Because you might find right. a great freelancer on a marketplace and then one day they're gone. And you're like, 
dude, did you die? What mm. happened? And they're like, oh no, sorry, I got a job, or I'm in, I'm in <laughs> right. Tahiti, or whatever they're right. they, they're doing. So for us, it was sure. like, how do we create yeah. the predictable yep. nature of quality, of consistency, and of cost? That like trifecta, that triangle trifecta, and we're just like right in the middle of it. And then if you're buying creativity, awesome. You know exactly what you're going to get. You know how much it's going to be. You know what you're going to get every day. And if you're selling creativity, all of that applies too. But you're like, I know what my cost structure is here. And if I want to do more of it, I know exactly yeah. how to do it. I'm not having to hire the whole rigmarole of hiring and firing and interview and portfolio and this and that. We take You don't have to deal with and manage. Sure. Um, and so for me, that's like... That is like the main thing, the problem and the pain points that we've solved over time. And then of course we've added in technology. We have an, an API, you can, we have a whole portal and a platform you can manage and feedback and edits and see everything your team's creating with our designers. And down the road, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna allow you to bring your own creatives and use just our platform. And so it's, there's a lot of just making it standardized. And that was again, coming back to what we were talking about, what mm. I saw prior to Design Pickle was like, it's the wild west. Is this a $500 logo or a $50,000 logo? Like, and what's the difference? <laughs> you know, is this take one week or one yeah. day or three hours yeah. or 10 hours? Like no baseline at all. And man, yeah. no wonder my business didn't do well is because everything was a chaotic mm. one-off. Um, so still a little chaotic. Mm. We have a big company. There's always the, the fun challenges of running and people right. and all of that. But at the end of the day, we want to provide stability. We want to buy provide consistency and of course right. creativity that's really solid for whatever our clients need yeah uh, i love that man um yeah I, I love that so much just coming from a designer personally it makes so much sense right because again it, it, you still see this nowadays you know uh, being in any type of facebook group with any type of business owners, there's always questions around how much logos right. cost and, you know, how much do these things cost? And you have a range of Fiverr for, you know, 50 bucks and then you have, you know, yeah. designers that are thousands, right? So it's just really, it, it is a wild west. I didn't really, yeah, really and what, like, and like, dude, like what if you're remodeling your house and yeah. your contractor was like, hey, to remodel this room is, is $100 and this guy's like, it's actually 100,000. And then there's like, your cousin's like, no, I can do it for 12. And you're like, what, what? I don't even know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, like, how do I make a decision? Cause I right. don't want yeah. like, Cheap sounds great, but does that mean like it's going to be done on time or what the deal? And I will say this too. I know like sure. a lot of what I'm focused on, I have my own podcast, Create Tech, that I'm talking about creativity and technology, like AI and generation and all this like mm. tools that are coming out. I think at the end of the day, kind of the same principles apply. It's going to be a wild west. You're going to have free stuff. You're going to have paid stuff. Um, mm. But the amount of time it takes to figure it all out and to use it and to get get your get, get it all straight inside your business is time that you could be spending to working on your business to launching your company to working in your space mm. so so that's been one of the initial problems yep. we've solved early on was like we take the people time sink out of it and then we are now layering on tools and technology and software we just launched our own first ai tool um, a couple weeks ago to where like Everything we're Amazing. doing is solid, it's consistent, it's included, and you can continue to be focused on mm -hmm. building the business, launching the product, creating whatever value it is, right. which more than likely is not in being in Canva all day long. More than likely, it's not being in OpenAI <laughs> making weird cat memes to send to your friends and then being like, oh, I can get back to work. So. 
Uh, I was going to ask you about yeah, Canva. Yeah, and, and we, we love Canva. We, so, we do that. Canva. Uh, to me, Canva is a file type, but we support it. So, yeah. Cool. Awesome. That's great. <laughs> we yeah, we won't dive too much into that. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought about Canva as we were discussing this, man. So, listen, I, you know, listen, I, I appreciate your time here. There's been some, some really great value uh, being dropped yeah. here. Uh, one last question I, I usually like to ask my guests is, if there's one tip that you learned uh, going through this journey that you could give to others, you know, what would that be in terms of, you know, want people starting their entrepreneurship, business owners, what would be one tip or one thing that you would really recommend yeah. them doing? Or well, I skimmed over it, but I'm going to come back to my buddy, Jace Young, and, and I'm going to make him famous. We call this the Jace Young principle. And that's get specific and pick a lane. Yeah. Like get super specific and be uncomfortable <laughs> with how specific it is. If you want to build financial software for corn farmers, Jason, you know, go after it. That's the Jace Young strategy. <laughs> but again, it maximizes so many right. things when you're starting. Your dad, your marketing dollars go well or further. Your 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 problems that you're solving are very clear and it's very specific and very repeatable. Um, it's the, it's the thing. Anytime mm -hmm. I'm asked a question, what would I do over again with design pickle? I say, I would be more specific. We're, we're too pat, far beyond this now, but I would have become, you know, design pickle is mm -hmm. the graphic design services for cat orthodontics or whatever, you know, like I would have just gone narrow <laughs> and then you can always go wide later. Right. You know, that's the thing. So that's the thing mm -hmm. I would leave everybody with is, 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 you know, first of all, build your idea, actually two things, build your idea off solving a real problem and a real need and not something you just randomly came up with. Cause it sounds cool. Like you've actually felt the pain of the mm -hmm. problem and you're like, man, this problem sucks. And then mm -hmm. second is solve that, make sure that's a narrowly <laughs> defined problem. Cause if it's too big, you really mm -hmm. can't launch it on your own. You need to get investors. You need to do a lot of, right. lot, a lot of mass stuff that costs money, but the niche, you can self fund that. You can bootstrap that. You can be rolling by the end of the month, you know, and like getting rolling and then mm -hmm. more narrow, the easier it is to solve that problem and over and over and improve it as you go. Yeah. Man, thank you so much. This is this is really great uh, conversation. Uh, I appreciate all the insight. Yeah. Where can everyone yeah, find so, you uh, um, on social? I am primarily on LinkedIn, Russ Perry. Uh, I did download Threads the other day, so I'm on that too, yeah. Um, Same. But yeah, LinkedIn's <laughs> gonna be the best. Connect on me there. Um, we have a new podcast uh, at designpickle.com slash create tech. Yeah, just making sure the landing page is right. Designpickle.com <laughs> slash create tech, C-R-E-A-T-E-C-H. Um, we'd love to you know get subscribers on that. We're talking all about technology, creativity, AI. I have some pretty big brands coming down the pipeline. I can't, I haven't officially locked them yet, awesome. but we're working on it. Um, yeah. Our first episode <laughs> is Karen from Height Digital. So she's our she's our rock star launch pilot yes, episode. Yes, yes. Um, but yeah, it's an exciting yeah. time. And so yeah, LinkedIn or the podcast would be super. Awesome. Yeah, we'll share the we'll share the links uh, obviously uh, below, man. But again, thank you for your time. Absolutely. Uh, you know, I appreciate the value here. Thanks, and, Logan. Uh, we'll be in touch soon, man. Thank you so much. Tune in. Might learn something. Might learn something.